Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at RomanGabriel3. Today's show will feature interviews with NFL tight end and Super Bowl champion with the Rams, Roland Williams, and broadcaster and former Chiefs and Falcons tight end, Tony Gonzalez. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, here's Roman Gabriel III. Uh, my guest coming in, I've known him a long time. Uh, he's a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 34, St. Louis Rams, one of my favorite football teams of all time. And, of course, he's living out uh, where I grew up in Westlake Village, California, and uh, as great as his football career uh, was, uh, he's doing even greater things in his post-career. Roland Williams with us. Roland, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing spectacular, brother. Thanks for reaching out. Hey, great, great to have you in. And uh, amazing uh, that that you and I uh, have this in common. Uh, I, I had a great childhood in Westlake Village growing up out there and, and uh, went to Agora High School. And I know you are the director of football operations at Oaks Christian. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, 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 yes, I am, and I'm also uh, the proud dad of three amazing sons who are who are ripping running around here. Uh, my yep. oldest actually is going to be a sophomore at Oaks Christian. Uh, yep. My second son is going to be a seventh grader at the middle school, and then I got a second grader. So, man, yes, yeah, so the life is busy for me as a dad, and now uh, running the show over at Oaks Christian. You know, the football season's starting in two weeks, Rowan, and I know I know you you keep in touch with it. Uh, what's it like? Uh, I've talked to so many so many old fans that were so happy to have the Rams back in Southern California. Talk about that. Man, it, it's just great. You know, when you when you play the game, you give so much of your life uh, to the to the game, and particularly one program, uh, a franchise. It's good to want to carry on that relationship with your kids. And so for me, playing in St. Louis and now living out here in California, there were years where I thought I wouldn't be able to share that experience except for the occasional trip. And so when I found out they were moving not only to Los Angeles, but literally they're 10 minutes away from us right now over by Kalu. Um, it's been a great experience. Uh, I bought four-season tickets. Uh, me and my sons are, are up in row 14 having a great time, and I think it's just a great experience. And I just love the game. It's just, it's just great for this entire region to get the Rams back home where they belong. And they're playing so well. That always helps that, that they had a great year last year in winning. they got a great young head coach and, of course, a new stadium getting ready to be built. And uh, one of the things that I've heard from former St. Louis Rams and former L.A. Rams has been that this ownership has really made it a priority to bring everybody back into the fold. Is that true? Exactly. Like St. Louis is where I played with the Rams, and we will forever – love St. Louis, and St. Louis is, is, for us as players, is our first home. But the reality is that the Rams were originally started in L.A. So, you know, they, they took a some years and went to St. Louis, and I think they built we built a great legacy there to add on to the Ram uh, mystique. I think that we've uh, had a chance to have some fun, and now coming back and me getting a chance to reconnect with guys like the Eric Dickerson's of the world and, and all the guys like yourself, it, it's just great to unify the franchise right from past present and future and that begins and ends uh in la and so I, i'm excited about the new stadium it's great i'm just ready man it's just exciting stuff roland williams is with us nfl super bowl champion super bowl 34 with the st louis rams and uh 
You know, Roland, uh, that's such a special team. Uh, it, it set so many records, uh, set the tone in so many ways, and so many class acts on that team. Um, to, for for fans that are out there that are Rams fans, what was it like to play on that 99 Super Bowl team, the first team to win the Super Bowl? Um, it was very humbling for me. You know, I was a young player uh, with a lot of gusto, a lot of energy, uh, and, and definitely playing more of passion than my actual knowledge of the game. And so hanging around with intelligent guys like the Isaac Bruce of the world, like the Marshall Falk, people that just knew football, you know, um, Kurt Warner. I mean, it just, it just was, a, it was a great environment for young players to be in. You know, people don't know this, but our team was literally the, the, like the youngest team to ever win a Super Bowl. I mean, we were full of kids on the team. And so the, the process of maturation, of growing as a person and a football player were things that have helped me out in my life, life after football. And we got a couple of your buddies that are back here in North Carolina doing some great things, Torrey Holt and Ricky Prohl, so they're kind of Carolina guys too. Absolutely. Dre Bly is back there doing great things. Of course, uh, Tony Horn was our great return man, another Carolinian. So, yes, sir, Ray Agnew is also from Carolina. That's right. So, That's yeah. right. So, we yeah, got, man. So, we got, actually, we got to keep it up. Uh, my, my mother's side of the family is actually in North Carolina as well, man, from Raleigh to Fayetteville to Wilson. Oh, know. that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Man, a lot of love for North Carolina, but I just, I just, I'm just grateful for my for my NFL career. I think that where I came from, uh, coming from humble beginnings, uh, to have a chance to go play football, be around so many great players uh, during my career. I played with the Rams and the Raiders, uh, even a year with the Bucks. But just being around high caliber people, there were so many lessons I learned that I'm using to carry over to my life after football. You know, the other thing that was special about that Dick Vermeil team, uh, Roland Williams, is is so many of the guys love God, and there was a real spiritual bond to that team, correct? Absolutely. Uh, you know, our team, people don't know that, you know, during our Super Bowl year, you know, we had a Bible study that used to be, you know, at different people's houses. It was at Kurt Warner's house for, for a lot of the times, and um, just the, the, the spiritual faith-based environment that we had off the field was something that was powerful and that forced us to grow as men and as individuals and as husbands and all these different things. I mean, as, as sons, uh, it was it was really powerful. And I think that that spiritual connection made us that much better on the field. And so when I saw this year the Philadelphia Eagles, when they won the Super Bowl, uh, when I heard the, the not just about the, the team camaraderie, but I heard that spiritual base, <laughs> it reminded me, right, of how uh, the Ram team was. It yes, reminded me of, of, of what it takes to win a Super Bowl and how enjoyable it can be when your heart, your spirit, your body are all aligned and focused on what's right. You're exactly right. The uh, The joy of that team and the way they played the game did did remind me as well of, of that 99 Rams team. Um, created the Champion Academy Extreme Mentoring and Empowerment Initiative, and um, this is very special, something that's near and dear to your heart. So uh, tell tell our listeners out there just why this is so important to you and what you guys are up to. Well, I think you, you summed it up right. You know, I, um, I've been through a lot uh, to get uh, where I am today, and I would not have been here if it wasn't for um, a lot of people praying on me, a lot of people loving me, and people helping guide me through the journey. Um, the, the reality is that now as a dad, I realize how important – as ever, it is that we give all of our students a chance to succeed in life. And so in my hometown, in all places across the country, but in my hometown of Rochester, New York in particular, 
there are some alarming statistics that I couldn't uh, walk away from or shy away from. You know, we're tops in the country in fatherless homes and tops in the country in, in childhood poverty and extreme poverty and, and graduation rates are near the lowest um, in the country, lowest in, in the state of New York, and, and students not succeeding and, and too many uh, traumatized by home-based social-emotional issues and, and that we're losing. And so um, I started a, a, a pilot program to see if we could come up with some innovative solutions to create a right-now product for a right-now student. And I'm pleased to report that after uh, four years of, of work, um, we now have a program that is producing some unprecedented uh, results with teenagers that are facing uh, multiple ACEs, which is, that stands for uh, Adverse Childhood Experiences, um, people who are given to us by police officers and social workers and teachers and educators and community stakeholders, students with 1.0 GPAs, we're converting into 4.0 GPAs. Wow. Um, students with multiple suspensions, we're taking suspensions down to zero. You know, we we created an innovative concept called Extreme Mentorship, and it's working. And so um, I'm excited about it. Um, I think it's something that uh, ultimately I'll be able to create as a, a platform, a model, to be able to uh, license other athletes who want to make a difference in their community. And it's not about me. I think it's about we. And I think that's, um, you know, my, my larger purpose in life. I think there's a lot of people that can benefit from from uh, innovation and, and, and getting the keys to it. You know, I'm a grant writer. I'm a fundraiser. <laughs> I'm a nerd, man, in my life after football, bro. But <laughs> it's what I it's what I love. So I'm, I'm I'm a busy dad with a house full of stuff going on, and I, and I, and I'm director of football and in high school, and and I work with with, with amazing students, and I'm, I'm sort of in the back in the laboratory trying to create solutions for long term. So I got a lot going on, man. But but you know what? It feels good, and it brings a smile to my face. So what can I say? Well, you you pointed out something that athletes, I know I have, and I know I've heard it from other guys that are done with football, uh, they've said the same thing. You know, there's so many of us out here who care about kids, who care about the next generation, who want to do something positive, and, and you know, and I understand guys, you know, want to start their own foundations, but what you're talking about here, Roland, is, is it could be something that could change so many lives because so many of the guys need mentorship that are coming out of the NFL. They're getting it now through programs in the NFL. But we've always talked about what would happen if you brought together the same mentality and equipped guys to work together. And to me, that's, that, that's really important. Absolutely. You know, to me, it's, it's also what would happen if we equip guys with that are, that are more prominent and have the ability to engage and to inspire people if you gave them the, the, the tools, how to, how to fundraise, how to effectively build a long-term strategic plan. You know, I, I raised like $1.8 million last year, um, and it came from a strategy, you know. And I'm not even that. I'm retired. I'm an old football antique, you know. And so what would happen if guys who are, are extremely talented and who have all the Twitter followers and all that stuff – what would happen if they got all the keys to learn the way of the waters from a true philanthropic perspective and the strategy and the operational experience and the expertise and all the programming elements and I could train their family members to do it? You know, what would happen if we were able to empower people that way? And so I just think that there's something to that, and I think that uh, there's a host of people that want to make a difference in their individual communities. There's athletes and entertainers and business people and that want to get involved, they just don't know how. And so 
you know, it, what can I say? It's my crazy idea to help help empower people to help their own community. Roland Williams is with us, a former Super Bowl champion, and he's he, he's heading up an incredible organization, Champion Academy Extreme Mentoring uh, and Empowerment Initiative. And uh, you can find him at Roland Speaks uh, on Twitter if you want to you want to follow him because he's moving fast. Um, so if people want information about the Champion Academy, well, how do they do that, Roland? Oh, yeah, that's great. Well, thanks, bro. <laughs> He's too dear, awesome, man. Uh, we're actually online uh, at uh, Champion Academy Rock. That's Champion Academy, R-O-C.org. Champion Academy Rock.org. Or if you're on social media, we're at 585 Champions. 585 is the area code for my hometown. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's just it's just great, man. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it's just a good chance to talk with you, man. Before we even start recording this, it was good to just catch up with you and and – you're just awesome. I'm proud of what you're doing, brother. What you're doing is great. Well, and hopefully out. this can bless anybody or inspire anybody. That's that's what it's all about. It's why we started uh, Sold Out, because we wanted people to know about all the great things that former athletes and current athletes are doing to help the next generation. And for the most part, when we talk about faith, family, and sports, we talk about guys that have the priority right, which is God, family, and their ministry. And uh, for for you, you've got those priorities in order, and God's blessing you greatly. And and that's always true for anybody that that puts those priorities together. God is very faithful. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, though, Roland, is, you know, what's going on in the NFL right now with this whole national anthem thing? You know, we thought we had something, you know, as a league wide that we could put that to side and move forward this year, and then. Roger Goodell announced this last week that he was putting that aside to talk more with the players. And um, I talk with so many regular fans out there that love the game that don't want to see another year of this. Um, The thing that concerns me is exactly what we're talking about today is I really think that um, a a small group of players that, that are doing this um, that the attention has been so negative in so many ways that it's taken the attention off the 96 or 7% of the players that are like you, that aren't looking for limelight, that aren't in front of the cameras, that are just doing their thing and making a difference in people's lives. Um, are you concerned about that? You know, I, I think that that brings up such a, a larger conversation, especially from people who are in the faith-based community. You know, I think that it, it, it's a call to arms to people who are people of faith that when we see injustice, when we see things that aren't right, that we need to fix, you know, uh, from a spiritual perspective, you know, it's our obligation to continue to fight, right, to serve. And so I think that that a lot of these things, gestures are one thing, but I think that the, the world has changed through action. See, gestures are one thing, but the world has changed through our action. And so it's important, in my opinion, that that with or without kneeling, that is the work afterwards to build relationships, to transform hearts, minds, and spirits of those who aren't being fair <laughs> for injustice. And so as me as a African-American male, I mean, I, I understand the challenges of racial inequality in America. That's, that's, that's a reality. But so is God. And so is the power of, of love and overcoming things and taking action to change things. So... My my whole thoughts on the thing is that I'm I'm about act, action over gesture. I respect our right as citizens to do whatever uh, we can, whatever our rights permit. But I'm more about it being about action and activism. You know, we spend time with um, police officers in our hometown. 
building relationships, having the honest conversations, talking with legislators, talking with, with politicians, making sure we're doing everything we can, right, to make things fair <laughs> and equitable. At the same time, we're spending time with at-risk youth and helping them make sure that they understand that they can change thoughts, words, and actions, right, to help us all move forward. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a, I sort of have a different tact in the whole thing. But you're talking to an activist, man. What can I say? Roland Williams, Roland, Roland so very eloquently said, and, and, and I, I think you added the most important factor, which is when you love God, you have the love of God in you, and actions speak louder than words. And I think, I hope that we can get to the point where you're talking about this year, where we begin to talk more about action than about what goes on on Sunday during the national anthem. Um, uh, I really believe I really believe we need to get past it, and I think, you, as you said, communication is so important, and it's time that that happens. And I hope maybe uh, guys like yourself or, uh, and, and many of us out here can take that leadership role in uh, having a greater conversation about the action part of it, you know? Absolutely. That That's what we should spend our conversation on. People sort of got the whole kneeling thing way confused, and it got way beyond the the causation or what it's about, it's just, it's, it's gotten ridiculous so much so that it's a, a waste of time. You see what I mean? We need to just focus on action. So I agree one, with you, brother. And one, one more time before we let you go, how do, how do they get hold of you for look the Look at you, man. Time? I appreciate you, man. Hey, um, if, if you're interested in learning more about the, uh, the mentoring program that I'm working on and trying to uh, impact lives, extreme mentoring, uh, it's, it's 585 Champion is, is our pilot program in New York. Uh, it's our area code and of course you know I have my own website rollingwaves.com you know about me but man I'm just I'm just I'm just grateful man to spend some time with you man Roland I tell you what uh, it's been a it's been an honor and a pleasure I'm going to be out there look forward to seeing you soon when we come (laughs) back more on Sold Out Sports Talk right here on AFR You're listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III In this segment, Roman talks with former Kansas City Chiefs tight end Tony Gonzalez. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, Tony, how are you? After a while, how about this? This is is fun. Radio Row. The craziness of it. This is. I love it. I love doing this stuff. Every I talked year. to somebody that means somebody yesterday to you, Dick Vermeil. Yeah. Had a conversation. What was Dick like to play for? Dick was great. A lot of, a lot of tears. A lot of tears. A shed. lot of tears. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, the motivation. Uh, tough. Very old school. Like I don't know. Dick couldn't coach nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he's too. He's too ingrained in his ways. We we used to get after it in is practice. Right? I'm talking full metal jacket. Jacket. Yeah. Pads twice a day. In the heat, uh, all summer camp was just brutal. The game has changed so much since he coached. Uh, obviously, a phenomenal coach, Hall of Fame type coach. Uh, love, love playing. I still, I still see him. He still sends me a bottle of wine. Yeah. We, we come in town. We go to lunch. Him and Carol. Uh, we, we, he's a special guy. But as long as you've been in the league, though, to have as many different kinds of coaches, it, it, it's interesting to me uh, some of the things that you learn from these different people, right? And how yeah. you apply them now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Dick was. Was very the thing that sticks out about Dick Vermeil is that he's very family and oriented. player oriented, meaning it's not just about superstars. He always had dinners with by position every year, 
with with the guys and you invite all the guys over even if you're practice squad it doesn't matter if you're a starter uh whatever he treated everybody the same gave everybody hugs cared about all these guys but also tough love too if you're a stick in the mud he's gonna let you know and he's gonna get your get your, get your butt up out of there too which is why you, it's what you got to do and i learned that like you got to love really hard but you got to discipline really right. hard uh, and I think that's why he was uh, a pretty good coach. You know, I've wanted to ask you this. I, I talked to a lot of guys that were playing, that planned their career after, that took the advantage of the opportunities and the platform to prepare for after football. Yeah. And, you, and you were one of those guys that did a really good job of that. Um, I'm wondering if where you are right now was where you thought you would be before you got out and you were thinking about doing this. Before I got out, yeah. I, I, this is kind of where I wanted to go. Uh, into the meet, I knew it. I was like, this, this is something I want to do. But when I was younger, I, I never, never. Even when I, I, they asked me, you talk about preparing to, to, for life after football. I remember Marcus Allen yeah. had a show called The Locker Room Show out in Kansas City. And when he retired and left, they asked me if I wanted to host it. Uh, and I was doing it just for fun, but I was, there was no way I was saying, hey, right. I'm going to go and brought, I'm doing it because I'm preparing for life. I just did it because it was something to do and have a, you know, get a kick out of on Wednesday nights. And they paid good money. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was like, this is what I want to do. Uh, but from that, it's kind of like opened everything up uh, to, to what I'm doing now. I've been doing this for 25 years, and one of the things that's been so gratifying has to seen the maturation of guys when they first come into the league to if they do make it as long as you do. The, the way that their mindset changes in terms of oh. their priorities, their family, and how those things affect uh, guys. Yeah. You, 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 when you look back on your career today and you look at look at what football has given you, what what are some of the things that stick out in your mind? Oh, well, it's given me everything. Uh, I'm sitting here talking to you because of football. Yeah. Uh, from obviously, forget about the football. Let's throw yeah. that. Everybody knows that that stuff. Um, uh, I think emotionally, uh, growing up and the the questions that you're forced to ask yourself uh and a lot of people don't they, they ask themselves these questions but they don't ever get the right answers and i think that's the determines your success you got to ask you at when those questions come up you got to answer them honestly you know how how good am i or how how good can i be or or how good of a father am i how good of a role model am i how, and if and if you answer those questions correctly and you search out the right mentors to get those answers from i read a lot uh NFL got me reading. I never right. read before right. I got to the NFL. I was kind of out of a necessity, uh, but I've been able to travel the world, been able to meet amazing people. Uh, I get to see how to do it, how not to do it. I got to make great mistakes, uh, and I got to make great triumphs. It's just been it's been a fun, fun ride, and I'm still continuing life after football. I'm doing that with acting now. Yeah. This is like the next realm for me is what I'm trying to do. Who's your mentor, Tony, when you came in the league, a guy who kind of maybe put his arm around you and said, hey, you know, that you really said this is how to do it right? Yeah, you know, uh, I remember my rookie year, and it wasn't a mentorship. It was a one-time reaching out by Marcus Allen. Oh, okay. I, was, I hit the rookie wall. I was playing pretty well, and then all of a sudden I went blank for about three or four games. And then Marcus, uh, who hardly had time. I remember Marcus is a legend to me. I'm oh, from L.A. Man. I grew up watching oh, Marcus yeah. Allen. Uh and he says, hey, uh, let me get your number, Rook. And I'm like, okay. So he calls me up on the phone, and he's like, hey, I've noticed that you haven't been the guy that you were. And I just want you to know that uh, I know what you're going through. I've been there. And, you know, you get back to being that guy. Get back to being that player that you can be. And it was very important to me, and, and it meant a lot. It meant a lot. He's one of them. Warren Moon is, a, is another big yeah. uh, influence. Super. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Final question. Who in your you obviously are around a lot of kids who probably talk to you about wanting to dream and wanting to reach goals in their life. 
Uh, I work with kids in junior highs and high schools in success program, a drug and alcohol education program, and many of them come from backgrounds where they made mistakes or their parents had nothing to do with them. Tell me about what you would tell kids today who want to be like you. Well, you know, first of all, hard work, preparation uh, is where you create your luck. Uh, but I also believe in this, going through your fears. Life takes off on the other side of fear. So I tell a lot of people now because I've seen that in my life. Meaning, if there's a girl you want to ask out, go ask her out. Meaning, if you if you uh, if you're afraid to 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 go across the middle, you got to go through it because the other side of that is a, an amazing feeling. If you're afraid to get up early because of whatever reason you're going to be tired, go through it. Uh, go through that fear of whatever whatever because I believe life success comes down to your relationship on how you go through your fears. So going for it. Go for it. Go for it. And life takes off. I promise you. The stuff that makes you scared that you want to do is the stuff you have to do. But I know you got to get going. People are giving us other. But I also want to talk about avocados from Mexico Go. real quick. Uh, I, have right some, I have a gift for you right, right here. Right there, baby. Thank and this you. right here is a special guacamole. It's with peaches from Atlanta with barbecue spice rub from Kansas City. Kind of that Kansas City, Atlanta uh, connection there. Makes a great guacamole, avocados from Mexico, versatile. If my wife were here, she'd have taken it out of your hand and it already be eaten. Yeah, it's really good, Ron. I'm telling you right now. But also, two avocados from Mexico. You can use it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I have four kids. They dig this stuff. It's such a great, it's a great superfood. Tony Gonzalez, avocados from Mexico. Tony, thanks for stopping by. Thank you, much. Appreciate, Appreciate you me. being on Sold Out. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.